0: The Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zammett, here back with another installment of our NBL Focus Show. Boy, what a week of basketball it's been! The regular season is now done and dusted, coming down to a thrilling, thrilling finale yesterday with the Perth Wildcats edging the Sydney Kings there by. What was the barest of margins uh, for them to sneak into the play-in certainly was an incredible finish to an incredible regular season, but now all attention shifts towards the postseason. Playing basketball is right around the corner in just a couple of days' time, and the playoffs after that. So, for me, it's it's like Christmas. For an NBL fan, this is Christmas time for us. Uh, the action has been frenetic. The storylines that are still continuing to play out, I thought they would be decreasing, diminishing. It feels like... Therefore, they've gone the other way, only increasing. Uh, so a lot to get to on today's show. I'm going to rip through some quick odds and ends momentarily, then going to delve into my NBL awards predictions. Now, they're all set to be announced tomorrow night in a uh, what's, I think, going to be one of the most exciting and, and most con- hotly contested awards nights in recent memory. Uh, but I'm going to go through and put my uh, my NBL pedigree on the line here and uh Give my awards predictions. So certainly looking forward to doing that one in a couple of moments time. Before we do so though, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, two incredible networks doing incredible things for not only us, but other content creators out there. Um, as I say, week in and week out, the broken record that I am. We certainly appreciate all their continued support of us um, and helping showcase our good work and our good name, not only here in Australia, but also across across the Pacific there in the US and Canada. Um, It really does mean a lot to us, so thank you very much for all the continued support. Let's jump right into it, some quick odds and ends here. Starting with the news that the Illawarra Hawks have re-signed import Justin Robinson for next season. Now, it was really unfortunate the way his season went down, pretty much missed the entirety of it um, due to quite a horrific injury. Fantastic though for them and the Hawks to have him re-signed, hopefully it'd bring a little bit more stability to the team. Uh, to be honest, the injuries mounted up very, very quickly this season. And from there, it went downhill at a rate of knots. Uh, but hopefully re-signing him, Tyler Harvey coming back, Sam Froling developed. Uh, hopefully good things will come in the gong because, well, really, what's the expression when you hit rock bottom the only way is up? I think for the Hawks next season, there's certainly, it, it can only be good things. So this is the first piece of good news they've had in a little while. On the not-so-good news front, Keanu Pinder of the Cairns taipans he will be out until at least Game 3 of the semi-final series, should the Snakes make it, um, after suffering an orbital eye fracture. Now, they've been really impressive without him for large stretches, but the intensity only intensifies as, as the playoffs enter, as the playing uh, progresses. I'll touch on that a little bit more in a moment. Uh, but having pinned her out, who was an MVP candidate from big stretches of this season, um, it's certainly a big, big blow. And it's, got it's next man up mentality, as it has been for big parts throughout the season. Uh, I've complete and utter faith in Cairns, but it was it's not ideal news. Um, especially, as I said, till game three of the semifinal series at the earliest. They're going to have a quite a few tough games to contend with over the coming week or two. Um, very unfortunate that Pinder won't play his part until later in the piece, again as I said, should Cans make it, so watch this space. Likewise, Josh Majette, now he suffered a, a nasty injury the other day in there, the JJ's big win over Illawarra, uh, suffered a suspected broken cheekbone and fractured eye socket. Now, he's hoping for a speedy recovery for Jet. there, doesn't seem likely that he'll suit up for the finals at all at this stage. Um, which you can hardly blame him, you know. At the end of the day, like I'm, I'm we're we're here talking about sports. We're listening to sports, but health comes first and foremost. He has a family, um, really got to look after himself, especially with an injury <laughs> in and around the, the face. Um, so as a JJ's fan, it, it is a bit of blow. Uh, but again, it's kind of like can's next man up mentality. Weakfield step up, Clint Steindl. There's plenty of cover there. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I said that the JJ's had the deepest team within the league. Uh, with this injury, they're certainly going to have to show it now. But he is hoping for a very speedy recovery for Jet there, guys. The play, as I said, the regular season there is a bow in it. It is over. What a season it was! Um, but with that, now we now have set our official play. The the playing participants, um, and then taking shape of that the playoffs thereafter. So the matchups are as follows. The Cairns Taipans will host the Tassie Jack Jumpers uh, in the seeding qualifier. The winner of that will move ahead to the semi-final versus the New Zealand Breakers for a spot in the grand final in a best of three series. The other playing matchup pits the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix against the Perth Wildcats in the playing qualifier. Um, the winner of that matchup will play the loser of the Cairns Jack Jumpers game. Um, and then from there, the winner of that game will face the Sydney Kings in the semi-final. So everything still to play for. Uh, these six teams who are playing postseason basketball could all stake a genuine claim to the title. Um, there's certainly the talent there. It's going to be captivating basketball, to say the least. As a Jack Jumper fan, I'm certainly hoping we go all the way. I would love to see us match up against the Sydney Kings once again in the grand final and get one back over them. Uh, but whatever way it plays out, if you're a neutral fan, this is going to be some must-watch basketball. Rest assured, everything that plays out over the coming couple of weeks with the plane, with the playoffs, we will be here, daily dribble, keeping you up to date with all the latest news, scores, fallout. Uh, so continue to stay up to date with all of those socials, Facebook, Facebook Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, um, and we will uh, be sure to keep keep your finger on the pulse of everything NBL. Tell you what, what a matchup though, Kent and the JJs. Bring that on Thursday night. It is going to be an absolute blast. Nevertheless, let's move ahead. Daily trouble. As I said, tomorrow night will be the culmination of the regular season. It'll be the M- official NBL Awards night. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it, but I thought just prior to that, I would give my picks for all the major award categories on tonight's episode. Uh, So let's just delve straight into it. No mucking around. Let's start first and foremost with the Lindsay Gaze Trophy for Coach of the Year. The nominees for this one were Adam Ford from the Cairns Taipans, Chase Buford from the Sydney Kings, and Modi Moa from the New Zealand Breakers. Now, just quickly before I give my selection, guys, as always, with everything we do here at The Daily Dribble, would love to hear what you think of my selections, who I got right, who I got wrong. For a lot of you, by the time you listen to this, um, the award ceremony might have already taken place, so be sure to slide into the uh, the DMs and give me hell. Um, I can take it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but my pick for this one is Modi Moa from the New Zealand Breakers. Nobody. Now, nobody. If they If they're telling you otherwise, they're obviously lying. Nobody in their right mind would have had the Breakers, even a sniff of finishing top two this year, yet here they are. Uh, really a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Uh, it's a uh, really rags to Richard's story almost. He's got the best out of all his players. He's helped guide that, that the team that, now on paper it's a talented team. Absolutely, I would have bet my bottom dollar on teams. Well, the Sydney Kings finished above, uh, the Perth Wildcats, the Phoenix, Melbourne United, Adelaide. Uh, there's a lot of teams I would have had above New Zealand. Yet Undermore's Tutelage. These players have gone to a record of eighteen and ten across the season, performing particularly well on the road at eleven and three, and an eleven and three record on the road. That is just unheard of. Tremendous, tremendous season. Whatever plays out with the play in the playoffs from here on out, I think is just a little bit of you know icing on icing on the cake. It doesn't. If they were to bow out and straight set and you know, in two games here in the semi semifinal. Um, I think they're in an incredible position. It's kind of been like a second lease on life for the franchise, I think, this season. Uh, the way the community supported them, having ball back in New Zealand, the players who have stepped up, William McDowell-White, the imports that have come over, I think they're really poised for a good run at things over the coming years. Uh, but I think from this tremendous turnaround, nobody could get it bar Modi So very well done there. For the Next Generation Award, the nominees were Luke Travers from the Perth Wildcats, Sam Froling from the Illawarra Hawks, and Sam Wardenberg from the Cairns Taipans. My pick has got to go to Far North Queensland, Sammy Wardenberg from the Cairns Taipans. I just think this would be so unjust if he didn't win it. Um, I'm not sure if you guys heard the news the other week, purely for the fact they changed this award. It was initially Rookie of the Year. About a fortnight ago... They changed it to Young or Next Generation Award, um, opening it up to players like Travis, Sam Froehling. Uh But I, I think Wardenberg, even still, he's been massive this season in times where Pinders sat out, McCall sat out. He's really been a revelation. Played 26 minutes a game, averaged 11 points, five rebounds, going 54% from the field and a very respectable 37% from three. Uh, I think Travis had a great season. Um, in particular, the back end. It was almost a uh, a plain clinching performance from him yesterday against the Sydney Kings, uh, and I think Sammy Froling has been tremendous, a real a real bright spark for an otherwise dour season from the Hawks. There, yet I think Wardenberg he deserves it. Uh, the ridiculous choice to change an award two weeks out before its announcement—that is one of the most bizarre backwards things I've ever heard of. Uh, so I think. I can't go to anyone else but Sam Wardenberg. And, you know, not just because of the fact they've changed the award, but I still think he genuinely deserves it. So Sam Wardenberg is my pick for that one. Moving ahead to the Damian Martin DPOY Defensive Player of the Year, the nominees were Antonius Cleveland from the 36ers, Derek Pardon from the Breakers, and Shay Illy from Melbourne United. My pick. Another one goes to New Zealand. It's got to be Derek Pardon for me. He has anchored the by far, by far the best defense in the league across 28 games this season. The Breakers conceded conceded 2,246 total points at an average of 80.21 or 80.2 points per game, which is just phenomenal. Uh, even you know we've seen it in the NBA, even the NBL. The rate that scoring's going up. It's a lot harder for defences to try and keep up, but the breakers have been an anomaly to this. Their defence has been on point, and it's really how they got off to such a commanding start to the season. Um, they kind of hung their hat on that, and the offence caught up over time. Probably through that middle middle third of the season, it really picked up. But uh, Pardon was huge in that. He's averaged a, a block, um, half a steal, eight rebounds a game. Yet his deterrence at the rim... And flexibility around the perimeter, I think, is the reason he gets the nod for me. Uh, not that it really impacts DPOY, but he's held his own on the offensive end as well at twelve and a half points. And I think going forward, especially, depending on who who New Zealand play, it'll either be the jack jumpers or the uh, or the snakes there or Cairns. Uh, he's gonna have a big responsibility on his shoulders, especially should they play the jack jumpers, matching up with Will Magna there. Uh, he's going to have a big, big amount of responsibility on his shoulders should they make some noise in the playoffs. But um, he, for me, the best defence, the best defensive player on the best defensive team has got to get the nod here. So Derek Pardon is my DPOY. Moving ahead to sixth man of the year. The nominees for this one were Barry Brown Jr. from the New Zealand Breakers, Rashad Kelly from the Jack Jumpers, and Tyler Johnson from the Brisbane Bullets. Oh, there you go, another one to New Zealand. It's got to be for me. My winner is Barry Brown Jr. Across twenty games this season, he's averaged nineteen and a half points, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, and was a plus four and a half points when on the court. Unbelievable! What an incredible season, and I loved the way the Breakers played him. Like for the most part, off the bench, there is that real spark plug his energy and output were just unmatched. And it was a huge part, not only were the starters doing a phenomenal job in their own right, when that second unit transitioned on, they held most teams to square or even better than um, with that second unit, which is a real testament to his his flow, his energy, his output. Uh, He's an excitement machine. It it felt quite reminiscent to, you know, you look at players from the NBA, Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Harrow. You know That guy who's just an absolute out-and-out cooker who can really control a second unit. Often with a lot of teams, you kind of say it's a, it's done on a team basis, that second unit. Such a benefit having one guy who can really orchestrate and lead that. And for me, it was Barry Brown Jr. He has got to be the sixth man of the year. This one, I'll be very, very surprised if it goes to anyone else. Uh, not that I don't think Rashard and Tyler Johnson there had incredible seasons in their own right. Uh, but I think this award might have had the uh, the largest victory margin. Moving ahead to most improved player, the nominees for this one from the Cairns Taipans Kianu Pinder, the Jack Jumpers Sean McDonald, and William McDowell White from the New Zealand Breakers. Okay, better better shift the awards away from New Zealand for a moment. Uh, my pick is Kianu Pinder from the Cairns Taipans. Now, I think all three had remarkable seasons. Certainly all of them took their game to the next level, but Pinder just, he he took it to about three levels higher. He was a legitimate MVP candidate for the vast majority of the season, the vast majority of the season. Uh, Injuries derailed derailed him a little bit, um, and certainly now as it ties across into the plane, less than ideal timing. Uh, But he has really elevated himself into the top tier of talent within the league. This season he averaged 17 points, 9.5 rebounds, which in that 9.5, three of them were offensive boards, uh, 2.5 assists, and and 1.5 steals per game, which was a jump of nearly six points per game, two rebounds, and one assist from the season prior. Phenomenal growth from him. I can't wait to see what strides he can make next season. Um, I certainly see him, once again, probably being a force within the MVP race, it's He's it's, it's such a joy to watch. I was very fortunate to be able to see him live and in living colour this season. He's slightly undersized compared to the Will Magnets and the, you know, the Alan Williams of the league. He's, he's certainly big enough, uh, but his skill set, the way he's able to move his feet, uh, he is an absolute monster. And by far, I think, again, an award which I don't think it's probably that close, I think Pinder takes this one out very comfortably. Okay, guys, now to the big one. Let's move ahead to the Andrew Gaze Trophy for the league's MVP. The nominees were Mitch Creek from the Phoenix, Bryce Cotton from the Perth Wildcats, and Xavier Cooks from the Sydney Kings. I found this one really difficult. I think all three are certainly deserving in their own right, and you could make a case for any one of the three. That being said, my pick has to go to Xavier Cooks. Uh, from the Sydney Kings, there the best player on the best team, putting up phenomenal stats: sixteen points, eight rebounds, two of those being offensive as well, uh, four assists, and going at just under sixty percent from the field was a plus eight point one in his time on the court, uh, which is just absolutely staggering. And you know, I think he could have done. He could have done more if he wanted to. And that kind of just illustrates how dominant the Kings really were. He was actually playing less minutes this season, down to just under a tick under 27 per game, um, which just speaks volumes to him, speaks volumes to the team. Uh, and I think when they won, the, I guess, the minor premiership, being top of the table there, you've got to give quite a bit of weight to that. Uh, I, I certainly hope to see him get a crack in the NBA Only thing maybe holding him back a little bit is getting that three ball to fall more consistently. Uh, We're shooting at 33.3% this season. But all latest reports are suggesting these. Hey, over the last couple of weeks, quite a few scouts watching him, Zoom interviews. Uh, So all indicators are pointing towards Cooks getting a crack in the NBA. That being said, as I said, for the most part of the season, I probably had Mitch Creek as my pick. Uh, It cooled off a little bit towards the back end. Bryce Cotton. Again, King Cotton reigning supreme, finishing the league, league's leading scorer, should I say? Um, getting that team into the plane was huge to give himself a, a real legitimate crack at it. But as I said, the best player on the best team, he gets my nod. Uh, my nod. My nod. My nod. There, Xavier Cooks. Uh, as I said, I really hope to see him in the NBA. You know, we see we're we're, we're currently seeing what Jock Landau is doing. Um, He was bowling out, kind of putting up similar counting stats, playing a similar role to what Xavier Cooks is now for the Kings. Um, And just seeing Landau flourish there in Phoenix, could certainly see Cooks providing similar output on an NBA team. So all the best for him. Guys, there you have it. There is my selections for tomorrow night's League Awards night. Uh, It's going to be a tremendous occasion, certainly a good chance for all the players to blow off a little bit of steam and really gear up. What's well, going to be an incredible, incredible postseason stretcher basketball here? As I said, kicks off with the playing games, the Cairns Taipans taking on the Tassie Jack Jumpers, and the South East Melbourne Phoenix hosting the Perth Wildcats. Good things to come, guys. As, as I said, as an NBL fan, I am absolutely buzzing. Um, as I said, be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok, and we will be sure to keep your pulse on everything that's going on in the NBL. Until then, though, guys, tune in this week as Rowan Lee joined myself once again for another episode of our NBA-focused show. Uh, We'll be discussing everything trade-related, in particular the news that went down today, the NBA league altering shift that Kyrie Irving was heading to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Tune in to hear our takes on that one. Till then, guys, have a great week, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye.